I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. If money affects your life in any way, Money Making Sense will talk about it. Be financially healthy, wealthy, and wise. Here's your host, Heather Kelly. Welcome to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, we're talking about consumer scams. They're always out there, and somehow the scammers seem to come up with new scams all the time. So joining me today is Carrie O'Brien. She is the Regional Director of the Federal Trade Commission's Western Region. Welcome to the show, Carrie. Well, thank you for having me. Let's start with what are the latest scams that the FTC is seeing out there right now? Well, the most common scams that uh, the FTC is seeing are impersonator scams. That seems to be a common story every year, and it certainly is true in Utah. It's the number one scam that we're seeing in Utah. Um, and these are scams where someone is who seems like someone you know gets in contact with you. It could be someone who's pretending to be a friend or family member. It could be someone who's impersonating the Federal Trade Commission, for example, or another government agency, or it could be someone who's saying they're from a uh, business you know or a bank. Right. The one that I'm most familiar with is I always get the, well, I'm from Microsoft. You just bought $399 worth of product. And I'm going, no, I didn't. And, <laughs> and so the, the scammers are trying to do a roundabout way to get your money. So how do we identify when somebody we think we know or a business is not really that person or business contacting us? Yeah, no, it's, um, there's some red flags that, um, I think are pretty common across these scams. First of all, they'll contact you. It'll be out of the blue. It could be by phone or text message or even social media. And they often have sort of a sense of urgency. They're either going to say there's some problem or, uh, they'll say you've won a prize and they're going to ask for money or they're going to try to get your personal information from you. But the, Bottom line really is, uh, if, if this happens to you, don't respond. Don't click on a link in an email or a text message. You know, hang up the phone and, uh, talk to someone about it. Cause that's, I think, the best way to kind of avoid these scams. And if you think it's a legitimate company, find another way of contacting that company or government agency. You know, don't rely on the phone number, for example, that, uh, they give you in a, in the email message or what they give you over the phone. Well, if I get that message, especially if it's a thing of urgency or, you know, it's like you've got 10 minutes to respond back to this or your charge is going through, or if you've won something, you have 10 minutes to claim your prize. Some of that acts on our greed, I think, especially if it's a prize. So how do we overcome that sort of instinct of, oh, I just got some money or I just won something? I know it, it's probably hard, but I, it, it's almost always a scam. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, we want people just to hang up. And again, they're going to, they're, again, there's some other red flags. I mean, they're going to ask you to pay money to get that prize. And they'll say, you know, send cryptocurrency or wire, you know, 
go get gift cards or do a wire transfer. I mean, no legitimate company is going to be doing that. Yeah. Okay. So the gift card thing, I really want to hammer home because that's a big one, especially elderly people, I think. It can happen to anybody, but I think the elderly, sometimes, especially if they're starting in the early stages of dementia, perhaps, they just go, oh, I've got to pay. And they, they want gift cards and they don't think anything of it, especially if they give gift cards all the time for Christmas gifts. But if you can't pay your doctor in gift cards or you can't pay the utility bill in gift cards, you need to think about why should I be paying gift cards to this person asking it to pay some debt I may have. Yeah, that's a really good point. And again, I hope your listeners will, again, take a moment. Don't, there's no, no urgency. Talk to someone, talk to a family member or friend. You, you know, in addition to helping yourself, you're helping them to know that, you know, teaching them or educating them about the scams that are out there. What are some of the other scams besides impersonator scams that you're seeing uh, a lot of? Well, again, they serve are in the impersonator area. I mean, we're seeing... Um, Medicaid scams, which are, again, is a form of impersonator scam where a scammer is calling you or emailing you and um, impersonating Medicaid, the Medicaid agency in your state. Right now, those agencies are reaching out to kind of update their list of, of people that are eligible to get Medicaid in their state. And that's since the uh, health emergency now is over. So the scammers are sort of paying attention to that and are going out and impersonating those agencies. Oh, I know during the pandemic, the big one was to get the business loans. Like you may qualify for a business loan under the pandemic and you won't owe any money back on it, which was was happening during the pandemic. But scammers are so quick to leap onto anything that is happening in our government or health-wise across the world, not just in the U.S. Yes. So now any kind of, I mean, they watch the news too. So any kind of emergency, whether even it's a weather, you know, event, you know, the fires and like in Hawaii, I mean, we, we expect those kinds of scams to come up. And again, the Medicaid agency uh, scam impersonators is just sort of the latest one that we've been seeing. Yeah, and you brought up the fires. I just want to also remind people that if you do want to donate to something, you know, you feel badly for the people who are out of house and home, don't give to the organization or the person that calls you on the phone. Research yourself, find the legitimate company and give that way instead of, oh, this is just perfect timing. I was thinking about that and somebody called me and wants money for the same cause. Right. And, and, you know, residents of Utah are really known for being so charitable. And, but it's really important that they are giving to, not giving to scammers, that they're giving to uh, agencies and organizations that really deserve it. We need to take a break. When we come back, we'll discuss what do you do if you actually gave money to a scammer and then realize it. So we'll be right back with Carrie O'Brien. She is the regional director of the Federal Trade Commission's Western Region. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. 
But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to Money Making Sense, the show. If it affects your life in any way, money-wise, we're talking about it. And today we're talking about consumer scams. Joining me is Carrie O'Brien. She is the regional director of the Federal Trade Commission's Western Region. Carrie, we discussed some of the big ones that are happening right now that people may be falling victim to. Uh, Hopefully they're not. But what happens if they do and they wind up sending money to a scammer and then later on realize, uh uh-oh, that person was not legitimate. Can they get their money back? Is there any way to do that? Well, if you paid a scammer, I mean, the, the most important thing is to act really quickly. Contact whoever you use to pay the scammer. So that could be uh, the bank or credit card company, uh, the gift card company, or the wire transfer company. It could be a payment app or the cryptocurrency platform. Again, there's so many different ways to pay a scammer. Um, But then, and tell the company that you paid us, you know, that you've been scammed and ask if they can reverse the payment. There's a chance you could get the money back. But again, you have to act quickly. Um, I think in particular, you know, if, if if you put money on a gift card and you gave the number, you know, you got the PIN number and you gave it to the scammer, again, reach out to the gift card company and tell them that you paid and see if you can get your money back. Um, but again, there's no guarantee. You act quickly, there is a chance. When you say quickly, are we talking within 10 minutes, 10 hours, 10 days? I don't know, really. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> it's really just as quickly as you can. And, you know, even if you find out, you know, you're kind of late in fi- realizing you, you um, experienced a scam, you know, it's really important to report uh, your experience, I, I, you know, and you can go to our website, reportfraud.ftc.gov. You know, in addition to, even if you didn't pay money, um, we have a lot of good Samaritans out there that are, are informing us about uh, scams that they're seeing. In addition to helping us and also our local and state law enforcement partners uh, in Utah to bring cases and build cases against these scam artists, it also informs us as what's going on. And then we can send out consumer alerts uh, uh, that, you know, inform everyone about what's going on out there. And again, you can go to our website and sign up for consumer alerts if you're interested at ftc.gov backslash consumer alerts. When you say notify somebody right away, does that also mean notifying law enforcement? Should I be getting my local police department involved or the FBI? Like how wide of an enforcement agency should I be contacting? Well, one of the great things is if you report to um, our website, reportfraud.ftc.gov, we share those reports with our local state law enforcement agencies, and they and they often go on our web on that database and mine uh, those 
reports for potential cases for them to bring. What if my bank says they can't do anything unless I filed a police report? But you call the police and on some of these, they go, well, that's not my jurisdiction. We can't do anything. So it feels like it could be like this wild goose chase you could be on as a consumer. Well, you do get, you know, there are certain protections, especially if you paid with a bank card or credit card company. For example, a credit card company, you can ask for a chargeback and they're required to, to do that. So it always is safer to pay with a credit card. That's why we caution people to not pay with cryptocurrency or to wire transfer money because that's, or your gift card, because that's like paying someone with cash. And once the cash is paid, it's very hard to get it back. And it's also, I think a lot of the reason scammers like the gift cards in particular is it's usually not that traceable. I mean, once it's gone, most of the time it's gone, unless like you said, you call immediately. But a lot of times you don't realize it's a scam until a week later. So, like you don't get the product you were thinking of or, I don't know, more emails show up going, you still have a virus on your computer or whatever it is that the scammers are trying to get a hold of. Right. That's true. What advice would you give people to just be more aware of scams that are out there and how that how the scammer might try to get money from you? Well, again, I think the the best way to avoid um, a scam is to be educated about some of the red flags that are, you know, I think they're kind of common across uh, all scams. Again, they're going to contact you. It'll be out of the blue. Um, and, uh, you know, it, again, there'll be a sense of urgency. You'll, they'll say that you've, uh, you've won a prize. Um, or there's a problem, for example, a problem with your computer, or they're going to arrest you for some reason. Um, and because uh, they want to sense, give you that sense of urgency to make you worried, scared, excited. Um, and they're going to ask you to pay money or they're going to try to get your personal information like a social security number or a bank account number. Um, and again, the sort of the bottom line is, you know, don't pay, don't share. Um, and again, if you think you've spotted this scam, you know, tell us right away. Tell the Federal Trade Commission right away at reportfraud.fcc.gov because, again, we share those reports with law enforcers all across the country. And uh, we also use them to send out consumer alerts so everyone knows what kind of scams are we're seeing. Aside from reporting a scam that I may have been involved in, or perhaps I heard a friend talking about it, is there somewhere I can go to learn more about all the different scams that are out there? Yes, we have a great website called consumer.ftc.gov. And there you're going to find articles, consumer alerts, even some great videos um, that will help you spot, avoid, and report a variety of scams. I think that's important. I really want to recommend that listeners look at those videos in particular. I'm assuming it's some type of role play on some of those videos. Yeah, no, some of the videos are just very short, you know, uh, and I think they're really great in terms of they give you a few tips on this, what the scam is, how to spot it, and like what to do and how to report it. Yeah, because I think unless you see one happen, it's harder to recognize when you're in the middle of one sometimes, depending on how sophisticated the scammer can be. And a lot of times, unless you've seen it ahead of time 
and know, oh, those are the red flags. Because we all talk about, well, there are certain red flags. Well, if you don't know what a red flag is supposed to look like, you know, you may think the yellow flag is red. Right, exactly. And I, you know, some of the, the videos are really great because they actually have people that experienced a, a scam. You know, maybe it's an older adult who gave money as a result of a tech support scam. And um, I think people that resonates more with people when you see, you know, people in your age group, for example, um, talking about a particular scam. And also, I really want to encourage your listeners to, you know, learn about it, go to our consumer.ftc.gov website, and you can share this information with your friends and family. So they're kind of aware also of what scams are out there, and they can be a little bit more on guard when they get that unexpected text message, for example, and says, you know, click on this hyperlink. And again, caution your audience, do not do that. (laughs) Yeah. What I learned recently, we just reported at our newsroom, is that it's actually the younger generation, more of them are actually scammed than older people. Now, older people lose more money just because they have more resources that they've built up over their lifetime. But actually, a larger percentage of young people like late teens into early mid twenties are actually the ones being scammed most often. Yeah, no, that's what we found too. Last year, you know, looking at all the reports that we received last year, young people reported losing money more often than older adults. And so again, that also says that we have a lot of older adults that are very educated about what kind of scams are out there. And so when they see one, they're reporting it to us, which is really great. But we did see that for example, people over the age of 70, they lost a lot more money, like their median loss was a lot more. So I think last year, age 20 to 29, they reported losing about $548. That's the median loss. But people over 80 reported losing close to $1,800. And what was the total amount, all Americans who've lost money, how much money did people lose last year? Yeah, no, it was a lot. <laughs> over... I think it was about $9 billion was the total fraud loss last year. And you have to look at those numbers because you just said the average per person was anywhere from 540 to $1,800. But how many people does it take at that average to lose $9 billion? A lot of people. And I think the, I think we had a 5.4 million reports last year, just to give you sort of a you know, an idea of the number of, of, of the magnitude. And also we don't, we, I think that's really just a drop in the bucket because not everyone reports, yeah. you know, so. I would think that 5 million might only be a quarter to a third of the people because it, you can feel very ashamed if you lose money in that way and just feel like I can't say anything because people will think I'm stupid. So there's a lot of shame associated with being scammed. Yeah, no, I agree. But, you know, you have to realize these scam artists are really good at what they do. And I hope people should not be ashamed because it's, um, again, they're, they're, this is their profession. They're, they, they know how to make you feel like the sense of urgency and really play on that. And so, um, I hope, again, if, if you unfortunately have experienced a scam, I think, you know, it's really important to talk to people about it. And to share your experiences because it's at least something positive can come out of it. 
Thank you so much, Carrie O'Brien. Again, you are the regional director of the Federal Trade Commission's Western Region, and we can go to reportfraud.ftc.gov to report if we've had a fraud, and also you can find out more information on the FTC website. Great. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. You can email me with any questions or topics you want to hear about at hkelly at ksl.com. That's h-k-e-l-l-y at ksl.com. And because this is Money Making Sense, you can subscribe for free on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts, and you'll never miss another episode. Thanks for being a Money Making Sense listener. Follow your common sense on the social media, Money Making Sense, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do? in the face of an international disaster decades in the making. That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.